Rock podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting our show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rock bondage. Rock bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rock before attempting it. Find it at the top of our Fat Life page, Rock Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners and have been practicing together for nearly five years now. We live in Bangkok and we love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live. Friction Live offers a variety of kink classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement your rope, which you can follow along with from the comfort of your own couch, kitchen, bed, wherever you like. You can attend the class live or view it recorded at your convenience. Check them out on frictionlive.ca. And today, Maya, we have a very special guest. We do. We're pleased to be talking to Violet Rain. Violet Rain is a Thai rope switch with an international background who now lives in the States. A thoughtful and experienced rope-focused kingster, she visited Thailand recently and we had the pleasure to sit down with her and talk rope. Today, she is joining us in the studio for a talk about her rope experiences. Rain, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. This is so much fun to meet the both of you here in Thailand, and uh, I'm excited to get started. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. So, Rain, what got you interested in rope in the first place? So, I came to Kink about um, July 2015, and uh, I was excited to pretty much try everything, um, and uh, but mainly from a bottom's perspective, and that's another long story as to why. Um, but, uh, essentially all the kinks that are involved at the time that I could see were, I just kind of went through the list of, okay, well, there's rope, there's needles, there's vital wands, there's bondage. Let's just check them out, you know? And nice. so why did you come to it in the first place? We're interested in the long stories just as much as anything else. <laughs> that sounded intriguing. <laughs> there was a rope munch, uh, offered by someone who was teaching rope. Uh, regularly for you know weekly and um, I came across it to learn more about it and the first time I had rope on me I actually it was a single column tie um, just um, in a very casual setting with a lot of and uh, I pretty much was very unimpressed with how there wasn't anything to it at the time to not understanding what was going on and then he took me to a partial suspension after that, and um, I had a really great time. Um, and so I kind of continued flooring as to that. So it's quite the jump from one single con tie on your wrist to a partial suspension <laughs> immediately after. <laughs> you went for the two extremes there. Well, I kind of went. I kind of jumped through uh, uh, exactly what was going on at the time, but uh, there was definitely. A sense of safety mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of people there and I had already I, I would say that I'm someone who's pretty much body aware mm -hmm. um, and if I needed to escape or run away I was comfortable with communicating mm -hmm. that and so I didn't feel threatened um, even though or unsafe even though it was sort of my first time being in a rope and the partial suspension was like I had one foot um, on the mat mm -hmm. all right and how have you developed the topping side of yourself then? Because you started as a bottom, you said. How did that grow and develop over time? I've been to a lot of rope bottoming. I've been to a lot of like workshops as a rope bottom. 
So that's how some of your bottoming started. How did that develop and how did you develop as a top over time? I would say that um, there was always some interest in topping, but um, there was definitely a huge jump in terms of technical skill that I didn't have the time or um, mental energy to place in. And um, at this time in my life, I feel like I have the room to do that. And so I um, have been wanting to spend more time talking. You have a lot more access to opportunities in the States in terms of development and learning. How have you developed your rock topping skills and your rock bottoming skills? I think a lot of it comes from observation and um, the classes certainly do help um, in terms of rope bottoming. Um, there's been a lot more rope bottoming education in the last several years, um, which I really appreciate. In terms of rope topping, uh, there has been a good amount of classes that focus on the, the technical component. That's generally not not as much of my interest while it is important. So I would say in terms of development, it's really about me guiding where I want to go. And so a lot of times the information in the workshop isn't something I'm ready for. And so I go back and look at the notes and see oh, what can I now pick up. Because at the time there was definitely a lot more information than I could Okay, that's a great idea. I wonder how many people go back over their notes later in mm. classes. Yeah, that's a super good idea. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. You wrote an interesting essay on rope bottoming, power exchange, and some parallels to hiking. Can you tell us how the two are similar for you? Yeah, so I didn't uh, really think of those things as being connected uh, until I saw uh, a, I guess, performance slash session um, among friends where the bottom had talked about the sense of hopelessness. And her hiking um, and that allowed me to think about what it felt like for me when I go and I've often actually asked myself like why am I doing this because this really sucks <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work um, it's not glorious it's dirty it's uh, uh, really difficult and I probably am hiking way beyond my capacity um, I mean, there have been times where I'm basically blacking out, but I still go. Mm. Um, and even after the hike, I asked myself, like, why do I go back to this? And 
um, continue to torture myself um, with this uh, activity that's not quite what some people consider as fun. Mm. Um, and it helped me draw a parallel to rope because in some kinds of rope that I do, there is a amount of suffering, there's a level of suffering um, that is really hard to articulate. Um, and one might ask oneself, like, why do you want to feel that way? Um, but I find myself intimately drawn towards that. Um, and so that's what prompted me to sort of write it down because it's also part of my processing of um, those emotions. Um, and, uh, and I would say that since then I've pretty much sort of embraced, you know, the, the, the suffering associated with, uh, that kind of rope. Um, and it's something that I've, uh, accepted as something that I enjoyed. Initially, it wasn't something that I felt I wanted to experience in rope. But then I realized, oh, this is a part of my experience, and I'm going to let it happen and see where it goes. Would you equate that with masochism? Mm, I don't think so. Um, for me, the definition of masochism is someone who enjoys a certain level of pain. I don't think I enjoy pain. There are certain kinds of pain which is, um, which has an intellectual component, I think, not an emotional component that you can enjoy. Like people who run and then they feel their heart racing and their muscles peaking. Is that masochism? I mean, I'm not sure. Um, but they derive some level of reward or pleasure out of it. And so for me, I feel like it's not quite masochism. It's, there's some other um, fulfillment um, when you partake in these kinds of activities. So you said that you're interested in exploring rope and kink at the moment. So how are you doing that? What does it look like to you to explore it? What activities do you do? Well, at the moment, um, I have partners uh, where I talk and partners where I bottom. And I would say the exploration is pretty much both internal and external. Um, I examine my intention and my experience when um, I go about with these activities. And then externally, it's growth in terms of um, technical knowledge and practice. So that's how I would say I'm exploring these kinks as both top and bottom. And is it about adding new ones or combining or um, going deeper into the ones that you know? Like how, do, how does Rope and your other kinks combine? I would say right now I am focusing on Rope and impact uh, and specifically with uh, Rope's I don't think I have the room to learn more uh, activities, and uh, I wish I did, but uh, that that would certainly give me a lot more options. Um, but I think 
uh, you know, those two are essentially enough <laughs> for me right now. And so, yeah, I do like to combine things, um, but it's not necessary for me. It's really more about like what is um, what the other person is also interested in. And, um, and then we'll just kind of go with that and see where, where it takes us. What about power exchange? Is that something that is part of your rope practice? I would say there's always some level of rope or power exchange um, in rope. You know, obviously the person who is topping has control and the person who's bottoming has relinquished some level of control. So there is an aspect of that. Um, so yeah, there is, there is always a level some level of power exchange, but then of course that has to be discussed as to how involved that is. Um, because there are people that I have a power exchange relationship with and that then factors into the play. And then there are people who I don't have that relationship with. And then how does that engage, you know, during the play? And maybe it's just lab, you know, maybe during lab there, there isn't that. So it's really something that's, highly uh that is like highly variable depending on the setting and the purpose of the activity uh and you've tied with a number of people in a variety of cultures and places so what kind of styles of role are you most drawn to currently and what what are you looking to get or give from role? i don't know if there's one style that i uh, would say i truly love um although i am I'm always drawn to um, the feeling and the engagement that I have with the person. So it's really whatever style or personality that person and me have and what we, what kind of dynamic uh, or chemistry we have. Um, so it really, so the thing that, I would say I tend to do more of um, just because of the availability and people that I uh, know and drawn to um, tend to be uh, seminal or Japanese style. And I, although I am also very much drawn to very dynamic, um, outdoorsy, artsy, um, strange, crazy things. And so uh, I'm definitely open to trying all those things out too as a part and as a top. Whether you are topping or bottoming in rope, do you find yourself attracted to a different style if you're the bottom or if you're the top or a different feeling in the rope? Yeah, I would say I feel like a slightly different person when I am bottoming or when I'm topping. Um, when I'm bottoming... I would say that in, in my prior experience, when I'm bottoming, um, it tends to be uh, much more about surrendering and uh, letting go and um, being part of the top's creative process and being their canvas. Um, and then as a top, um, I feel like my style is 
uh, tends to have a play playful component and a sensual component that that isn't quite the same flavor as one on the bottom. It's kind of hard to explain, um, but I do I do feel like that's a different personality of me um, that's um, emerging. Uh, you've been a woke tourist in lots of places and lots of different woke communities. Um, so can you tell us a bit about your experiences traveling and what you've learned on your travels? Yeah, it's been really fascinating um, meeting people um, in different countries uh, and uh, of different cultures. Um, I enjoy hearing about how they came to rope and what brought them to um, build their own studios and what their community is like. Um, it's been very interesting to hear uh, the rope styles that have been the predominant style of that area. Um, and of course, that's, that's highly dependent upon you know, the people who are there and the access they have to education and also what they're drawn to. Um, but there's a huge component of language and culture that goes into their appreciation of rope. One of your experiences traveling was at Beachvine, which many of our dear listeners will have heard of. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that experience? Yeah, I would say Beachvine is probably my favorite event. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing when I'm at Beachvine or in a conference like that is um, uh, that there is time. Mm. Uh, there is time not just uh, to learn, but also to talk to people mm. um, in a much less formal setting, like in a classroom. Mm. You know, when you're in a classroom, there's structured learning, practice, and maybe a little bit of play, but really you're only playing with the person that you're there with. But outside of classroom is my favorite time of, of um, this conference um, because you really get to see people um, in their more natural environment. Okay. Um, and the time to sort of just be and uh, hang out is really valuable to mm -hmm. me. Um, and I feel that I really get to know people much better in that environment. And Beachwine is long enough and relaxed enough um, to allow that kind of interaction, which mm. sort of like a three-day conference may not, mm. is, is generally not going to be able to allow you to do that. So does it feel to you more like a rope camp than a conference then, if you have more time to settle down and get to interact and... Yeah, it's really a vacation with rope. <laughs> Sounds perfect. That's the kind of vacation we want. <laughs> um, what tips would you give for listeners who also might want to rope tourists like you've done? I would say uh, they should be curious and uh, observe. Um, because, you know, every culture and language is different and people... It, it's it's hard to understand or know what sometimes the intention or the meaning is behind certain behaviors or perspectives. And so just continue to stay open and ask questions and observe 
and have a good time at the same time and be respectful of other people's um, tendencies. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much <laughs> my suggestion. What's, what practical things do you do when you go to a new town or country or place? Practical thing like like do you contact people do you ask for references like how do you how do you get involved with that community that you didn't know before so when it comes to rope um i pretty much ask around and see what kinds of rope studios are that are located in this area that i'm about to go to um some of it is visible uh, on social media and some of it isn't and so I tend to dig around um, to find out what is around the area. And that's when I decide to reach out to certain people because I feel like, okay, they seem to be ones who are more engaged with the community. And I kind of want to hear about their perspectives and they, um, uh, what it's like for them to... Uh, what it's like for them in terms of being kinky in that town. Rain, for our listeners who would like to see a bit more of your material or to follow you online, what's the best place to find you? I would say look for me on FetLife under Violet Rain and send me a message if you have questions. And uh, I may not always be on there, but I usually respond to thoughtful and respectful uh, messages. <laughs> so that's all from us today at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and come friend us on our Fet Life page, Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on Fet Life. And if you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening and have fun tying.